Good morning and welcome to the first message of 2020, 2021. Uh, starts that long process of writing down the wrong date for the next six months. All right. Um, we uh, asked a question in our song service this morning. Are you washed in the blood? And I'm going to read a few verses and I'm going to ask you some questions. And um, first, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Father, for allowing us to get into your word, to be able to gather here. We ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, that you trade the message shine through and open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So uh, we'll start off with one that everyone should be familiar with, and that is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but so the world through him might be saved now let me ask you do you believe that do you believe that God so loved the world because many times we look and see the things that goes on and we question why God do you allow these things to happen James 1 and 17. Let's pick up and get 16. Do not err or to be deceived, my beloved brethren. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, which is no variableness, neither shadowy of turning. And I really enjoy that one. It shows that God is good. Every good thing. Now let me ask you, do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that every good thing comes from God? And Jeremiah 29, 11, another fan favorite. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Many of us know from the little cards and quotes, it's a hope and a future that God gives us. Do you believe that God is all-knowing? Do you believe that he has an expected end for us? Do you believe that there is a hope and a future for us that is given to us by God? Do you believe? You know, uh, I've questioned sometimes that how people get involved in certain things, that how you can be involved in a religion that would say to strap a bomb to you and walk in to kill a bunch of innocent people. How can you be involved in something that has no foundation in the word of God? How can you get wrapped up in a cult? How can you follow someone that has no moral values? And there's a simple answer to that, that it simply just takes something sounding good. And uh, we've all been victim to this from time to time. I remember one time we was on vacation and we went to a little shop and you stop and you listen to the little presentation and they have these all natural 
pills, but they have all these vitamins and minerals and, and they, they're different formulas that do all these different things for you. And that if you take them and take the regimen on theirs, and it all sounds really good because you're going to come out, you're going to be more vibrant, you're going to have more energy, you're going to, to feel great, it's going to cure what ails you, and then it all sounds really good. So much so that you shell out the money and you take it home with you and you, and you try it. And then you find out that it doesn't really work, that you been duped you know we uh we walk into a store and we see the latest and greatest technology so then we come out with a a contract and we're making payments every month for this piece of equipment because it looked good it sounded good we go out and buy the the latest automobile because of his new Features and technology because it looks good. It sounds good. We have telemarketers that call. We have infomercials. And they put all this stuff in front of us. And we hear it and we see it. And we want to buy it. Because it sounds good. It looks good. We think it's going to enhance our life. It makes Things better. Kind of like on that variation of that um, pre-programming we were getting, we talked about last year. You know, we get these things and we see all the, all the good stuff. They, take, they don't tell you about the times that it fails. They don't tell you about that it doesn't work for every person. You know, all them little things they put in that little bitty small print at the bottom of the screen or on the disclaimer page somewhere at the bottom, somewhere really out of sight, out of mind, because they want you to focus on the good stuff and not think about the bad stuff. And we have to change the way we are, are thinking. You know, for the better part of this year, we've kind of been on kind of autopilot, kind of floating. We've been, or last year, there we go again. We're in a new year. Last year, we've been floating through. We've been on autopilot. We've been kind of just waiting, waiting for things to get better, waiting for things to change, waiting for things to go back to normal. And this has been more than just temporary. Now, I believe that God has a plan, but in the meantime, we have to start adapting to what we have right now, to the world we live in right now. And we have to start being able to do our mission in this world. Yeah, we're going to have to change things up a little bit. We're going to have to do things differently, but we still have a responsibility to present the word of God, to share Jesus, to be the beacon of light in the darkness. And we need this now more than ever. But to do that, to be who we need to be for God, to be the people that God wants us to be, we need to realize who he wants us to be and how to get there. So as we start this new year, we're going to back up and we're going to look at things again 
and we are going to see what God has for us. And forget about what the world says. Forget about the way we've always done it. The way, forget about what tradition says. And we're not doing things God's way, the way God wants us to. This is our secret to success and secret to change in this world. Because we don't want to go back to a perceived normal. We want to go back to what God says is normal. Now, uh, we've talked about the pre-programming. We talked about how little by little we let little things in that influences us. And we see how easy it is if we just hear something that sounds good. And if it sounds good, and especially when it sounds good from what comes from a trusted source. You know, there's certain times we, we see things, we hear things, that we just automatically put more faith in it than we normally would. You know, uh, if I was to come up here week after week after week and told you that corn dogs are the new superfood, that if you eat a corn dog every single day, that you're going to be feel better, you're going to look better, you're going to do better. Well, I already hold a little more weight with a lot of you because you'd listen to me week after week. You have some faith in what I'm telling you is to be fact. And hopefully you do that because I give you the word of God to go along with what I'm telling you. So, this can happen. We go to a, a doctor and we have a lot of faith in that doctor because... They went to medical school. They spent a lot of time learning how to do these doctor things. But sometimes, you know, we hear the, the result and we may not want to, to do with that. You know, they may say that we need to do surgery. We may to do, to do something that a regiment that we're not really on board with. So we might go and get a second opinion so we can... Compare the two and see if maybe somebody has a different point of view. But for most things, if the doctor says, well, you're sick, you got a cold, take this medicine. We're just going to do that because we trust them. If we hire an attorney to do a job, we trust their opinion because they are the professional. If we see a, a patrol vehicle blocking the road and they say the road's blocked, we take that as face value because we know what the uniform and the vehicle represents. And then we, uh, we look at other things. If we read something in a newspaper, remember those? If we see something on the news, we take that as fact. Because for most of us, for a period of time, the news was something of integrity that we believed to be true. 
We believe it to be fact. We see it. A lot of times we see what we read on the internet, on social media, as being fact because it's there. But it's not always the case. We can't always take things at fact just because it feels comfortable or just because it sounds good. Case in point, my wife is a Facebook user, so there's always different things that um, comes along and tells us about what's going on in the community and things like that. People report different things. And a week or so ago, there was some commotion in the area. There was a lot of police presence. So people were getting on and reporting what was going on. And uh, she was reading me with the different things, and it... uh, it became pretty intense. We had one story that there was a, it was a, a killer on the loose. And then it had people that was locked up in the basement and they killed them all. And now they're running from the police. And I said, well, you know, I don't think it's going to be that bad. That's, you know, stories tend to get em- embellished. And we have a little bit of truth that somehow or another the human mind fills in the blanks. And we have this thing where we want to be a part of something. We want to be involved. So we take this little bit of something. And then if we have something and if it sounds good, we want to share it. And how many times have we been in that situation where we have a little bit of information and it sounds juicy, so we put it out there and it turns out it wasn't true, and then we look kind of foolish because we're putting something out there that's simply not true. And that was the case with this. We had all these reports of all these different things going on, and in the end, it really wasn't nothing. It was a basic, everyday situation that got blown up into, into something. And that happens, happens a lot because we want to, we want that excitement. And uh, you're probably going to be hearing very different messages preached today all over the United States. Because, you know, typically at the, the beginning of the year, we're talking about, I say we, when I say the, the, the pastoring community, we're talking about how great the year is going to be and how it's going to be grand and it's the best year yet. And I just seen something pop across the screen and said, well, this is going to be the best year. And it's just, and it's like, that's causing a lot of, of damage. So yes, Christians, we can be some of the worst influencers we can be some of the biggest influence for not god but for satan because people look to us as christians to having somewhat of some knowledge about god having knowledge about christians christianity about a relationship with god about prayer about all these things we are what people look at for these answers. They're on the fence, they're curious, and they look to us, people that have some knowledge, or at least supposed to. 
And then we have these religious leaders that are not presenting the truth. There's some out there that are great motivational speakers. And I say motivational speakers because that's all we ever hear is just how grand your life can be if you'll just come and show up and give us your money and pay attention and come and everything's just going to be grand. But they don't tell you all the details of it. And see, if you get into the Word of God, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. They are times where things are going to be hard. In fact, there's going to be a lot of them. There are going to be difficulties. There's going to be challenges. A relationship with God is challenging, as is any relationship. It pushes us. And it pushes us because we need to be better. God pushes us on purpose to grow us, to stretch us, and to make us better people. At the beginning of the year, when the the virus was beginning to ramp up, whenever we were in lockdown quarantine all over the world, a well-known evangelist, preacher, has his TV show. We see him all over, hear him on the radio. If I said his name, you would know it. I'm not going to advertise for him. You can figure it out yourself. Got on there, and he... uh, talked about how we're going to pray away the virus. And he got up on his stage behind his microphone and he went into a a rant. And uh, the first thing that came to mind was is that Bible verse that talks about how not to be like the heathen to get on the street corner to just be heard by your many words. Because that's exactly what it sounded like just over and over of many words of nonsense. And even in the background, he had another little fellow that was standing behind him and he was chanting and speaking in tongues and doing all kinds of crazy nonsense too. And I call this nonsense. I'm not being disrespectful because if you don't have any context to what you're saying, if there's not anything that's backing up what you're doing, if you're not explaining to the people why this is going to work if you don't have faith-based teaching it's all nonsense you know uh i can be pretty full of myself sometimes if you don't believe me ask my wife but i know that i'm not bigger than god's plan that god is not going to put everything on hold for my needs or my comfort that I may have to suffer and endure just like everyone else because there's a bigger plan that God has a plan and we all have to come together right now we are facing things because of lack of God in our lives because we have allowed the world to take over. We have allowed Satan to take over. We have pushed God away. We have revoked him from being here. We have said, no, we don't need you. We don't want you. We can do it better ourselves. So now look at what we're dealing with. We're looking at evil and corruption and sickness and 
opposition and all these things that we've been dealing with this past year and that we're going to continue to keep dealing with this year until we make a turnaround and decide that God is number one, that God is in control and God is what we need. There's another one. Week after week, book after book, recording after recording, gets up there and tells how good your life can be. Hope, hope, hope. Good, good, good. But we never hear how. We never hear that we need to devour the Word of God. We never hear that we need to pray. We never hear that we need to confess our sins. We never hear that we need to have faith. We never hear any of these things that we need. We need. These are all building blocks. Yes, God is good. I've read you three verses that tell you that God is good to everything from God is good. God is love. But there are things that we need to do to allow God to work in our lives. You know, we want our cake and eat it too. We want to be able to do whatever we want to do. We want to be able to have no kind of restrictions. We want to be able to live what we say is free, free from any kind of personal responsibility, free from any kind of commitment, free from any kind of giving, free from any kind of thing that requires any kind of sacrifice for ourselves. We don't want to have to listen to nobody. We don't want to have to listen to God But yet, we want all the blessings too. We want God to step in. We want God to do. We want it all. But it doesn't work that way. See, God gives us free will. We have the right to choose, but we have to choose God. And if we choose God, there are going to be things that go along with it. Another High dollar, big time church pastor. And I used to listen to for a while and I say used to. All the year before, all 2019, talked about how the next year, how 2020 was going to be so grand. How it was going to be so grand. How it was going to be a banner year, a year of Jubilee, and how we're going to come into our double portion, how we're going to get all these things, and how it was going to be so great. What he failed to say was how that was going to happen. How that was going to happen. And see, what happens is these people reach millions. They reach millions. All these together, they reach millions of people. In person, they hear their voice, they read their books, they download their podcasts, all these people listen And then what happens? Well, for a solid year, we hear about how great 2020 was going to be. And then when we get to it, we get this. And what does that do? That puts that doubt in God. It puts that doubt in people. Church has such a hard time to begin with. We have a hard time getting people in the doors We have a hard time getting people to listen. 
We get a really hard time getting people to do what they're supposed to do for God. And then when we do, when we get them to listen for a little bit, we feed them something that sounds good, that makes you feel good, but that's only temporary because when you wait for it to play out, then nothing happens. Same thing. We uh, have this guy making a big ordeal. He's standing up here and he's trying to pray away a virus all by himself like he's some kind of special guy that's got the ends with God that he can just call him up and make requests. And he's making a, a showboat of it. And then a year later, we're still dealing with the same thing. It makes it look like God doesn't answer prayers. It makes it look like all of this is just a mockery. That we're not accomplishing anything. And then, of course, you already have the, the doubters and the non-believers and, and the people that push the opposite agenda. They take something like that and they grab it and they say, look here, look, look what this guy did. He's so great and he's so grand. You give him all this money and you believe in him and he tells you he's going to do this. And what happens? Nothing happens. And then the, the third one. We get the, the message of, of hope and hope and how everything's going to be grand and your best time is yet to come. And we see that he's doing well in his multi-million dollar home and that we see that they're getting millions of dollars of government assistance. But yet... Everyone that's waiting for that hope, waiting for the best things that are yet to come, are not receiving it. Why? Because they don't know how. Because all they get is a good motivational speech. They get to feel good for an hour. But as soon as the talk is over, there's nothing to put into action. The Word of God is not a narrative. It is not a story. It's instructions. It is instructions. It is a, a textbook. It's not a work of fiction. It's not for entertainment. It's to learn. And we have to take these things. We have to pull it out of it. And we have to apply it. When God tells us one of these Stories. When we listen to the parables of Jesus, when we hear these different things that took place during this time in this word, it's not there for our entertainment. It's there for our lesson. When Peter goes out and they catch all them fish, it's not a story about a man catching fish. It's a lesson about what took place to allow these men to catch these fish. How is it that I can do the same thing? Because if God does for one, he will do for all. So if Peter can go out and fill up a boat, we can go out and fill up a boat too. We just got to understand the principles that took place to allow that to happen. When the seas part, when the the plagues come. 
we have to understand why these things transpired. We listen to these people that were great, great men of God. What set David apart? God didn't go down a list and just randomly stick a finger down, oh, I pick him. No, we see that he had a heart for God. And you can wander around, why? Why, God, do you never pick me? Why, God, is it never my time? Well, maybe you need to check your heart. Do you have a heart for God? When I ask these questions at the beginning of this message, do you believe? Well, do you? Or there a little bit of doubt that hops into play that prevents you from being fully persuaded? Fully persuaded. We are not fully persuaded. And all it takes is just a little bit of doubt. You know, the word talks about the, the, the face of a mustard seed. I wonder how small a flake of doubt has to be. We have to believe. And right now it is harder than ever because we're not seeing evidence of God because God has no one to work through. God has no one to work through. And the more that we do, the more that we are doing things halfway, that we are lukewarm, that we're not fully persuaded, the more evidence that we're giving them that God doesn't work. We have to be strong. See, because I still believe that all of this is God's plan. He's allowing this to happen because we see all this and we see we're being pushed to the brink. Because that's what we do. We try to figure out stuff for ourselves. We try to figure out stuff for ourselves. We try to say, what can I do? And then when we reach the rope's limit, we finally say, okay, God, help me. God, help me. I don't know what else to do. So God's allowing us to get to that point so we can turn and run to him. And he's standing there waiting with his arms open. And we have all these people that's been living in the world, living in the darkness, that have had the truth clouded over. And sooner or later, there's going to be cracks in them clouds. There's going to be light shining through that darkness. And these people are going to need somewhere to turn to. Is that you? Is that your church? We need to evaluate what we're, we're doing. You know, right now, there was a man that, that said that sometimes you have to lose everything to know who is truly with you. And that's what we're seeing right now in the church. We see through the shutdowns and we're having to, 
to cut back on all the extra stuff. You know, we've right here, we've been down to just the basics, just getting the word of God. Nothing extra, no food, no snacks, no special events. We have to just get the word of God. That's all we can do. And we have to look and see how important that is to people. Because we see numbers drop because they don't have all that extra things. You know, before all this, we see people, they jump around from place to place to who, see who offers the, the best entertainment value. The who makes you feel good. The who has the best band. The who has the best music. The who has the best programs. It's not about entertainment. It's not about belonging to the biggest the most popular. It's about where you get the Word of God. And you should be able to go to this Word and listen to the words that are coming out. And there should be some similarity between the two. If there is no basis in the Word of God, you need to be somewhere else. If the things we are putting out have no basis in the Word of God, we need to be doing something different. If we do not know what the basis of the Word of God is, we need to be doing something different. We've got to start making changes. If we want to see things go back to the way they were, if we want to see things improve and be better, if we want to have that expected hope, that expected end, If we want to be of the Lord and not of evil, we have to change the way things are going. We have to get back to basics. Are you ready to make that change? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to give up things of the world and do something different?